Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. On today's show, comedian Cameron James joins me to discuss his brand new stand-up comedy show, Mixtape. My name is Justin Hamilton, and I remember when mixtapes were a physical thing and not just a concept. Here on Big Squid. Thank you for joining me here at the podcast today. This is a great chat with Cam. We, in typical form, plan to do a half-hour podcast. And uh, my theory was if we record for half an hour and we aim for half an hour, when it gets to the 45-minute mark, at least we'll have only gone an hour and this podcast goes for 80 minutes. So there you go. These two idiots know how to talk. Uh, I've been helping him a little bit with his brand new show, just giving him uh, someone to talk to about it and throwing some ideas around. And his show from last year was so fantastic. And I have a feeling that this one, Mixtape, is even better. I think he is going in a really interesting area. I think you see comedians who are funny in their careers. Uh, they... They discover the lane that they feel the most comfortable in, and it usually takes, you know, anywhere between 10 and 15 years. Well, that's what I think anyway, 10 or 15 years to really find your voice. It's like you can be successful before then, but you find the lane. You find the lane that you want to be in, and once you decide that's where you're going to be, then there's this exponential improvement and joy that comes with that, and that's when some of my favourite comedians have taken their biggest steps forward. And I think Cam is right at the beginning of that next step. Uh, it started last year and it is continuing with mixtape. So 
Uh, I was keen to talk to him about this and many other things, of course. Uh, Quite clearly, you've heard this podcast before. It begins with a tangent and there will be many more. But we do talk about the show eventually. And it's, uh, it's an exciting time for Cam. And he's about to be performing next at the Adelaide Fringe. So everyone in Adelaide, uh, he's performing at my beloved Rhino Room. So please, if you have an opportunity and you want to... Uh, see Cam because you enjoy him on this podcast or you've enjoyed him on other podcasts or maybe for some reason you don't know Cam but you love comedy and you want to roll the dice on a smart, funny and layered show then this is the one that I would suggest that you check out. I'll pop back just for a brief chat at the end but As I said, this is an 80-minute chat, so let's get right into it and welcome Cam James to the podcast. And that's why I press record now and not before, so we can't get in trouble from (laughs) whoever heard what we were talking about. Uh, I've already pre-recorded an introduction, so you don't have to worry about it, Cam. I haven't. Well, it'll be... It will be in the recording. Record yeah. Okay. So you're post-recording the pre-recorded yep. uh, prelude. Yeah, yep. exactly. <laughs> uh, and you put it in in post. Yeah. yeah I, okay. I can't give up my Nolan ways. It, even <laughs> in a simple podcast, I still have to make everything uh, super complicated. Wow. The future, the past and the present are all converging. I know. It makes, one you, moment. makes you feel hungry, doesn't it? It sure does. <laughs> I should have put snacks out. Uh, so I had a very specific question that I wanted to uh, ask you. Which and is, is it about the Deadpool and Wolverine trailer? <laughs> Yes, it is. Uh, I've got to be honest, I have had no interest in anything Marvel for yeah, a while, and yeah. fuck, I laughed. Man, I was. I watched it and went, you know what? I'm back in the cinema for this one. Yeah, absolutely. I'm back for this one. I know it. Right, <laughs> when... Because it, it, I was a bit sceptical. Yeah, of course. Because you're like, oh, what are they going to do here? And then um, the... I laughed immediately when I saw the rug that he was wearing on his head. Yeah, like, I thought, yeah. oh, already that's funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then uh, when the guys turned up and he was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Is yeah. that meant to be scary? He's got a little Disney joke there. Yeah, I'm not new to pegging. Uh, Disney is. And then that, that that quick look. And that, that kind of humour, in, in that, that glib humour seems to have run its course in in pop culture for me in, in many ways. Big time. But when it, it doesn't mean it still can't be done well. And he mm. Deadpool is perfect for it. And, and you know what's funny about Ryan Reynolds is I uh, hate it in all his other projects. Right. That style. Yeah. But I like it from the Deadpool character. Yeah. I don't know what it is about Ryan Reynolds in general when he's just sort of like handsome hot dude uh in a rom-com being yep. glib and smug that drives or an action movie it drives me crazy yeah but when he's got the disgusting prosthetics on yeah or the suit i can take it i think it's because i'm not looking i'm not distracted by the fact that he's insanely beautiful yeah it's and it's, funny <laughs> it's, it's it's more fun when he's uh manky wade wilson yeah. declaring that he's marvel jesus yeah it's fun I'm excited. Marvel Jesus seemed like a big swing as well for a... <laughs> like, I know it's a throwaway comment, which is quite normal for us, but for yeah, a Disney For film, a Disney movie. <laughs> that made it's me laugh. Big. It's big. It's big. Yeah, it's exciting. I'm looking forward to it. And I think, um, 
you know, it'll be fun to see yellow suit Wolverine yeah. and all the comics book, all the comic shit, like the patch storyline seems like it's going to pop up. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, they're going to destroy a bunch of old... I think he's going to kill and fight a bunch of old Fox Marvel characters. Great. Yeah, <laughs> wipe them out. Yeah. That's great. It seems like all the uh, time-travelling shenanigans from the end of the second film seems like it's canon. Yeah. Like, I think he did go to DC and, and murder himself as yeah. uh, Green Lantern. Like, <laughs> that is, that's a funny idea to me, to, to actually make that more than a joke. Yeah, I think that's awesome, and that there's repercussions. Yeah, no, no, it's. Uh, uh, I was I was pleasantly surprised, and to watch a trailer, to watch anything by yourself and laugh out loud. Yeah, that, like that's rare. You're yeah, like, totally. Like, invariably, you sort of sit there and like, I'll voice it. Oh, that was funny. Yeah, yeah, but absolutely. to actually laugh. Yeah, it's very uh, rare to laugh. It's good as well. It's only one Marvel film. Yeah, that's true, and you know, just. Like, the the thing that was so annoying about... Uh, fucking hell, how did I get onto this? The, uh, the I'm thing sorry for bringing it up. No, you had a question and then no, I no, no. railroaded with Deadpool. No, it's good. <laughs> but the, one of my issues with... Because I was lucky enough to grow up in a time of great upheaval uh, creatively with comic books, mm. and, you know, because they were low art that nobody gave a shit about and everyone kind of pissed on and mm. then then you had like alan moore turning up and saying oh look what i can do and you mm. went oh fuck you know and neil gaiman and grant morrison and you know all these artists like uh colleen duran who also a writer but uh, jewel thompson people like that just coming in with big ideas and then it's like and then it, it seemed like the movies were suddenly being big ideas again mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then as always, things make money and they become corrupted and they just repeat the same yeah. beats. And, you know, I just kids deserve more. Like, do you know what I mean? Like kids mm. should be like kids should be seeing something and be what just happened? Like be absolutely blown away yeah. by Yeah. When was the last uh comic book film that you saw mm. that made you have that feeling? Uh yeah, good question. I reckon, when did Logan come out? Wow. Yeah, 2017 or something? 2017. You know, I, I, I do enjoy the back-to-back of Infinity War and Endgame. I think that was pretty special. Yeah. It was really... I just knew a, fr- a couple of my friend's kids hmm. who were young enough to not really understand the broader machinations of how these things work, who were... Honestly devastated that Tom Holland's Spider-Man was gone and the Winter Soldier was gone. And they had to wait a year. And they had to wait a year. And so I... Thinking these guys were dead. They were dead. <laughs> but they were, they were too young to realise that, yeah. it's, you know, they weren't reading that there's a Spider-Man that's yeah. already plugged in or anything. Yeah. They, they were, they, but they were old they enough weren't to... weren't on screen rants looking at the nah. leaked set photos and stuff. Nah. And they, they just... And they were devastated. Yeah. And that's exciting. And it was... I, I didn't explain to them how it worked. Mm. I just kind of went, yeah. Like, can you believe it? <laughs> and so for a year, I just got to live in that world <laughs> of, of their world. Yeah. So then, then they, but then they got the double devastation of, oh, they came back. Oh, mm. but, but they all loved Iron Man, you know? Yeah. And they yeah. all love Cap. Yeah. So they had those endings. And so, and they all love Black Widow. Yeah. So as a, as a storytelling 
you know, over two films. You know, I know, I know they, I know Endgame has its uh, flaws, but for the most part, it's big swings. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I've got. Um, I still feel something when I watch it. Yeah, I mean, during uh, I, during uh, lockdown, we rewatched the whole like Infinity Saga, I suppose, yeah. again, and. I just was moved by yeah. the end of it. And then I continued into this current saga yeah. and just felt so much deflation. Yeah. Of like, oh man, I just I just feel like we're like we've eaten dessert and it was so rich and so rewarding and I'm full and then someone's brought out a cheese course and I'm like Fuck, Jesus. Really? Yeah. We're still Jesus. eating? <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> yeah, it's and also it it weirdly banged on about things that happened but never really explored them properly. Mm. So there is yeah, yeah, you, you talk about the blip, but what do, what does that mean emotionally for yeah. people who didn't exist for 5 years? Yeah. Like that's a that's something that's really interesting to mm. explore. I think they made a mistake. Like it, it was really time to ground all their stories. Like mm. you know, you, like I know Guardians of the Galaxy is a is a sci fi, but I would have uh, Shang Chi, like mm. like uh, like Hugh Jackman's The Wolverine, like a mm. really really fun great film, and then it has a big CGI ending. Like The Wolverine should have finished with him fighting ninety nine ninjas in the snow. Mm. Get get a choreographer in. Give me twenty twenty five minutes of Wolverine, just. Fighting ninjas. That's mm. that's all I need. Blood splattering across the white snow. That's mm. what I need. And Shang Chi. It just should have been like, should have been Marvel's Jackie Chan, Bruce yeah. Lee. Twenty yeah. twenty five minutes of this guy who's really good at martial arts kicking the shit out of assholes. It was pretty fun. It's it was maybe the most fun recent one. I thought so too. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I agree. It was. It did end with some big CGI dragons and shit. Yeah, and you're like, like, do I care about these big dragons? What, what, what is this? You've got such a great cast of not only actors but physical performers. Yeah, let them kick each other in the head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd love let's, to watch let's, that. Yeah, he's a really good lead. I want to. Yeah. I just want to watch him be cool and charismatic. Yeah. And after a while, it was like, like I think the Black Panther sequel is a pretty good sequel considering everything they were dealing totally. with. Totally, but. How about the higher-ups just say, you know what, because the context of this film has changed, let's take Ironheart out. Mm. Let, let's not be in this movie that is genuinely saturated with the grief of le- uh, losing the leading man. Mm. Let's take out this bit here, which is obviously trying to set up a Disney Plus TV show, mm. and uh, let's, just, let's just sit in what we're experiencing and yeah. make it smaller. Like, actually make it smaller. Ant-Man. Why I I didn't even bother seeing Ant Man, but why is Ant Man going up against Kang? Like Ant Man, yeah, like, yeah. Let's let's see a let's see a let's see a show uh, a movie where he's just fucking digging being famous and all the pitfalls that come with that, and mm. he has to learn a lesson to be humble again while reconnecting with a daughter who yeah yeah who thought he was dead for five years. There you go. True, we didn't get that. That chop, that chops a hundred million off the film. We got Star Wars sort of though. <laughs> That's kind of what it was. Was it? I, yeah, I just didn't of, even. There's like a cantina. It's, he oh, goes mate. into the fucking quantum realm, and it's fucking Star Wars, right? There's a little cantina. Bill Murray's there. 
Right. Um, there's little alien sort of creatures wandering around. There's right. Civilizations down there. It's weird. Nah. It, yeah. Sandman. <laughs> Lame. Yeah. Where, they didn't even have Michael Pena trying to tell a story badly. Yeah. Yeah. None of that give, stuff. Give me that again. Yeah. That's funny shit. Yeah. We like it. Yeah. yeah now everything doesn't have to be mm. CGI endings. Like just pull your budget right down. Well, you should be running Disney. Well, I'm sure I'd do a great job. <laughs> 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 Be the biggest losses in a quarter, and it turns out uh, this fifty-one-year-old guy knows absolutely nothing. Well, how old's Bob Iger? You're probably younger than him. Yeah, I, I'm definitely younger than him. He's That's... been in the game maybe a little longer in the yeah. CEO game. Yeah, than you. You know, sorry, this is a real tangent, but uh, uh, Patricia, who listens to uh, this podcast mm-hmm. on a regular basis, came and saw. Uh, me doing support for Peter Hellier. Yep. And uh, she wrote to me online saying that when she was in the lift, uh, this woman who was in the front row said, oh, I really like that young comedian. He had a lot of energy. And I was like, <laughs> I don't care if that woman was blind. I am fucking taking that. That's great. <laughs> I mean, I say this as a friend. You look fantastic. Oh, thank you. I, I, I have another friend who told me that I shouldn't uh, get too confident about feeling like I look younger because I definitely look uh, my age maybe a little bit older and she has heaps of gay friends and uh, who are my age who look heaps better than me so um so you know i'll just i'll just take this as a as a cancellation so thank you love it when people are that blunt with you it's yeah. disgusting how yeah. dare they everyone should pander all the time well you don't even have to pander you can you can just not say anything yeah that's true i I wasn't even... That's an option. Mate, it was... <laughs> it just kind of came out of left field. But the thing is, is that she said this to me a few times and you, and you sit there going, like, I'm not an idiot. Mm. I see photos of myself. Like, I know that at, when I turn 50, I will never take a good photo again. Like, I know that time's over. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, every photo is... Every photo, I look a little bit like a perfect scoop of vanilla ice cream that was <laughs> magnificent in the ice creamery and you've just taken it outside and the first ray of sunlight has hit it and immediately that ice cream's gone a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Every photo. It's Great. a fucking disaster. But I've come to terms with that. But you know what mm. you don't need to do? You don't need to shove this in my face. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, that's true. If I'm paying for dinner, you know what pays for that fucking dinner? Mm. Is my rock-solid self-esteem to go out there and perform. And if you're going to keep bludgeoning it, it turns out maybe you'll need to get the next dinner because I won't be able to do gigs. Is this friend a performer? (laughs) No. Okay. Yeah. But a performer would never say that shit. No. I mean, they'd think it. They'd fucking think it. They'd say it to other people. They'd say it to other comedians. (laughs) Don't you worry about that. There's probably a whole secret Facebook group entitled (laughs) Hamo's looking terrible. Hamo's looking his age. Oh, you look fantastic. You look great. <laughs> you look very youthful. Mate, I, I'm going to take all of that. Yeah, and, take and, uh, it. I, I will take you out to lunch and dinner. Don't worry about that. I'll fucking take these compliments where I can get them. <laughs> um, anyway, the uh, so that wasn't the question. I was no, no, no. Sorry for the diversion. No, I just watched great. it and thought, oh, we need to discuss it. But anyway. I was going to bring it up, though. Cause okay. Because I was <laughs> even even... Thoroughly appreciated not giving us Wolverine. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, I think it was smart. I Reddit hated it. I'll tell you that. Yeah, every uh, the Marvel subreddit were just furious. Great. I'm like, y- you got to understand that's this is the marketing. Yeah, it, it's making you want to see him more. Yeah, that's what they're doing, if, and it's working. It, you know, I st- you know, I, 
I think we have to split fandom into proper fandom and toxic fandom. Mm. And toxic fandom, if you if if you give toxic fandom what they want, hmm. they turn on you. Yeah. So you have to find a way to uh, give them stuff, but don't yeah don't hand it to them. Yeah, very true. Yeah, very true. Um, actually, here's another tangent. Did you happen to see the uh, Colbert Christopher Nolan interview? No, I it's, didn't. It's great, hmm. but it has one of the most the the advert for it is mind blowing. Hmm. Mind blowing. It's it's Stephen Colbert telling Nolan it's just going to be a straight up interview and it's not going to be time jumping and all of that and Nolan very seriously going okay and then it immediately cuts to Colbert as Oppenheimer <laughs> and uh, he's you know doing his Oppenheimer bit and he's looking at raindrops and that and then the the rain just starts getting heavier and then he turns around and he yells at Nolan who's there with a with a sprinkler spraying <laughs> him and then. He's asked him to turn it down and Nolan says sorry and then he turns it up even more and and it, I think he he it, like he swears at Nolan and then he chases him to the Benny Hill music. <laughs> oh my god. And it feels like I'm making it up, doesn't wow. it? Wow. Yeah. And I was looking at that going, My guy. <laughs> that my <is> guy. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Just when I thought I couldn't love you anymore. <laughs> You're doing an interview with Colbert, who I love, yeah. and you, the two of you are running around to the well, Benny Hill I saw, music. I haven't watched it yet, but I saw on YouTube <laughs> yesterday that Christopher Nolan moderated a um, interview with Nathan Fielder and Benny oh, Safdie yeah. about the curse yeah. because he loves the curse. You and know, I thought well, that's kind of fun that he's. We, it, I don't think we've ever seen Christopher Nolan sort of engage with the culture outside of his own stuff. Yeah, in I, a while. Yeah, well, I think there is, you know. Big chance that Oppenheimer will do well at the Oscars, mm. and so uh, I, I've always thought that he, like, I'm a uh, his his wife, you know, mm. one of the most successful producers of the 20th century. Uh, she was asked, "What's something that frustrates you about criticisms or anything?" She mm. says that he doesn't have a sense of humor. He mm. said his movies have heaps of jokes. It's like when people talk about the Dark Knight trilogy, they talk about how how serious it is, and it's like. There's heaps of jokes all the way mm. through all three films, mm. all the way, and it's just that they're not, they're not the the glib, yeah, yeah Ryan yeah. Reynolds. They're not just Whedonisms. They're, yeah, yeah, mm. they're, they're they're jokes within the context. Like, I stand by Kenneth Branagh's performance in Tenet as a, a really funny performance. Who is playing it, <laughs> playing it like, like a Bond villain. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. it, it all comes down to the thunk his body makes when it hits the hits the <laughs> boat. It's like that's a that's a, that's such a visceral sound and thunk, and it's a real choice. And you go, "Fuck, that's funny," you know. So, um, uh, you know, his favorite Fast and the Furious film is the one that most people dismiss, which is Tokyo Drift. <laughs> I like Tokyo Drift yeah. as well. Oh, well, you and Nolan, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so he. Um, I think it's totally underrated. I think Oppenheimer's really funny, which you haven't Still seen haven't yet. Seen. But there's, there's, but they're, but they're jokes in the characters. Mm. They're in context. They're not. Yeah. They're not uh, breaking the fourth. I wall. think Memento's funny. Memento's oh, like when he's okay. Am I chasing this guy? Or is he chasing me? Oh, he's chasing yeah, me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, I read the uh, original short story that oh yeah that it's adapted Jonah, from, yeah. and um, it's not funny. The short story is really dark, yeah, and quite different. And then the movie has a bit of a sense of humor about the whole situation of 
the, the guys in and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, it's cool. The guy's funny. We've got yeah. to give it to him. Yeah, there's jokes in there. Adam Richard and I went and saw Interstellar at the new IMAX because the new IMAX is... Mm. Uh, Adam's partner hadn't seen it. Mm. He was sitting there and all the all the things that are happening. There's jokes all the way through that yeah. as well, you know. Anyway, fuck. Two so, tangents. Two tangents. Don't make a right turn <laughs> into this question. <laughs> So, your new show yes. has a lot of music in it. Yes. Have you been tarred and feathered with the musical comedian? <laughs> Not tarred and feathered, but I love musical yeah, comedy. Yeah, a little bit. But, but a little do, bit. Do, do people kind of say that about you now? Because I've always just thought of you as a comedian. Me too. Yeah. But and uh, I think I am. But yeah. I think uh, if I'm on a lineup where I am playing guitar, yeah. guess what? I'm a musical comedian on that lineup. Yeah, even right. if I do, even if half my set is me talking yeah. and the other half is a song or whatever, I'm still the musical comedian on the thing. And I avoided that label for the longest time. Mm. I couldn't stand the label musical comedian. Mm. But then uh, I kept thinking about it and I thought, well, I love Tim Minchin. Yeah. Uh, I love Flight of the Concords. Yeah. I love um, Adam Sandler. Yeah. I love who else do I love as a musical comedian. I lo- I loved Smart Casual when they were around. Oh yeah. Um Tripod, are you leaving Tripod? Out tripod? I love Tripod. Yep. Why am I shying away from it? I've never judged them. I like yep. all of their stuff. I even like one of my first comedians that I loved when I was started out doing stand up was Zach Galifianakis mm-hmm. and his set was him sitting at a piano telling one-liners while he was noodling on the piano doing kind of jazzy chords. Yeah. Um, Dimitri Martin used to do a similar thing with the guitar and I loved all that. And I've never judged any of those guys yeah. as being bad at musical comedy. And then, I, yeah, I recently I saw Cat Cohen, who is also, I guess, technically a musical comedian in the way that I am too, in that she does songs, but then between the songs she's doing bits and telling stories and yeah. jokes and then segueing into another song. Yeah. I'll tell you the one... The big realization I had, which was for this new show, which you've been helping me out on, I, I've i got songs and stories that sort of go together, you know, yeah. like the stories will lead into the song and then the song will end and then the story will pick back up again. And I honestly thought that I had invented a new form of um, entertainment. Yeah. I thought, I've just invented something crazy here. It's stand-up comedy. But the songs kind of like naturally come in and out of the story. Yeah. And then uh, my friend Henry said, oh, you mean like musical theatre and cabaret? And I was like, oh, fuck. Shut up, Henry. (laughs) (laughs) So you're telling me I've just somehow become not only a musical comedian, but possibly cabaret? (laughs) Wow. Wow. (laughs) That made me feel sick to my stomach. Mate, one day I'll I'll, I'll come to watch you perform and you'll have... (laughs) This uh, glitter mask on And I'll be like Oh fuck <laughs> He's chock full of the burlesque herpes I've invented this wonderful new thing I'm going to bring meals out yeah. While people are watching oh, the show yeah, This is great <laughs> Getting back to your roots Yeah You can have dinner in a show It's brand new I've just thought of it Yeah That is so funny What a that's a, that's the equivalent of my friend telling me that uh, you, you you look your age. <laughs> yeah, it was. It Come hurt. on, Henry. It he, really he stung. Better. It stung. But then I just uh, I'm I'm at a point of acceptance in my life where I just am like, well, this is what I am. I guess if you know if it 
if it quacks like a duck, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it has feathers, it's a duck. Yeah. And I do ultimately have songs in my act. So technically, I guess I'm a musical comedian. Well, guess what it means? You're not. Uh, you're not being billed as a middle-aged white comedian. Yeah, that's another good thing. So that's a good thing, right? <laughs> that's another good thing. Oh, no, I'm not, no, I'm not like them. <laughs> I've got a guitar. Yeah, I'm different. Yeah. <laughs> I got to tell you, that was also one of my biggest concerns. I remember uh, a year or so ago, I was on a lineup with Will Anderson, who's however old he is. 50. 50. Just turned 50. And he's, and he's good too. He's great. <laughs> he's he's very happy about being 50. Yeah, good. Um, he made a joke about middle-aged white guys on the lineup and he included me in that. Um, group and right. I was like, "Whoa, yeah, wow!" <laughs> really, that also struck a chord. You're actually not middle aged. I was like, "Jesus Christ, I'm 36." Yeah, but I guess that's that's middle age. That's sort of middle age, I suppose. I thought middle age started at 40. I guess it can you can say from whatever point. I, I guess I'm a married man too, and I'm oh. so that's maybe that's oh. all part of it. <laughs> so traditional. <laughs> Maybe it's just all part of it. So yeah, having the guitar, you're right. It's the it's the it's keeping me separated from the pack, right? A little bit. Yeah, it's mm. good. The uh, and your songs are really clever as well. Uh, I think maybe what happens is because because musical comedy is in many ways more difficult to master mm. than. Uh, it, well, not not more difficult to master, but has a a, a different degree of difficulty. Like mm. uh, sometimes you'll get newbies who are really good musicians, mm. but they're not funny. Yeah, like they're mildly amusing. Yeah, but they're not like you sit there for like seven minutes during one song, going, "This was one idea stretched out way too long." Oh yeah, absolutely. Or they are funny enough, but they're kind of not very good at music, you mm. know? And so mm. you, it's like this jingly jangly shit that's coming at you. Yeah, just repetitive chords. Yeah, and there's not many of them, so it's easier to have a more dismissive attitude towards it because you see at the lower levels more bad musical comedy than you just see stand-up. Definitely, yeah. Um, so... It's not something that you should. There's like you so should embrace much it. dread involved. When uh, I, uh, being a, an audience member too, at an open mic and seeing someone come up with a keyboard or oh, yeah. an acoustic guitar can inspire dread because oh, yeah. there is a part of you that thinks, "Am I just going to listen to a bad song now?" Yeah, and that's maybe worse than listening to bad stand up. Yeah, yeah. Because at least with the bad stand up, you can, you can like daydream and think about other things until the guy's over but right. but when it's a bad song you just have to listen to it yeah you're just listening to repetitive boring shit and also because it's a song you automatically will give them a round of applause I when know. they finish even if you didn't like it and then that makes you resent them yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> and look i've written my share of bad songs oh yeah so you know like i yeah. i had five years of Doing it yeah, because well, you were in a musical comedy duo. Yeah, 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 and you know, not every song hit, and yeah. uh, you know, sometimes you take swings and you mm-hmm. it's fucking hard when you're halfway through something, going, "Oh, this isn't working," or totally. "I've forgotten something," or whatever. Uh, always got a round of applause, though. So yeah, that's true. It's almost <laughs> it's, it's ingrained. It's they're the rules. Yeah, it's like thank God, thank God, we have this social contract <laughs> where you have to clap <laughs> even if you're not laughing. Yeah. 
But no, I, I really like overthink that whole side of it because I, as you know, and like maybe the last time I was on this show, we talked about it a bit. That it was that I I started playing in bands and I mm. wanted to be a musician my whole life. Yeah. Then I eventually became a stand up, and for most of my stand up career, I haven't incorporated music because I've had too much love and respect for music, and mm. I didn't want to write something shitty. Yeah. And then every now and then I would dabble. I would have a, a song in a show or if I, I worked on a sketch show and I had to write some comedy songs for that. Mm. And that was fun and exciting and I enjoyed the experience. But I definitely found it hard because there's the side of me that just wants to write a really good, catchy pop song. Mm. And then there's a side of me that wants every line to be funny and a joke. Yes. And that's the balance that's really difficult to get. This this might be a chicken or egg thing, but do you do you start with a, a joke and then find a tune that fits, or do you have a tune that you suddenly just lends itself to mm. a certain cadence of words where you find the joke, or is is it I just think a bit of both? Yeah, a bit of both. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of both. Like some of my like my song "Boys' Nights," which is in the show. And I'm about to put out as a single, actually, um, is a riff that I've been doing for about five or six years just right. while I'm mucking around on the guitar. It's yeah. very repetitive, but it's nice chords, yeah. nice kind of like uh, funk chords, like a little soul um, voicings. And I've always mucked around with it. And then just a melody grew out of that. But then there's other ones where I've thought, I'd like to have a song that's about this type of thing. And yep. then I've reverse engineered from there. Okay. But finding the chorus is always the hard part. Yeah. It's always, because I want the chorus to be sing-alongy and yep. catchy, but not repetitive and annoying. Yeah. And that's hard. That's hard. Mm. Do, do, you have a, do you have any rules that you apply to the songs? Like, do you sometimes, like, can they only be a certain amount of time or is mm. there... Is there anything that you stick to or do you just kind of instinctively feel it out? I think instinctively, but my instinct is always shorter the better. Yes. I always think under two minutes is good, but then some of them are longer because they've just earned it over time, you know? Yeah. And I can tell that there's still an appetite there so I can drag it out for another verse or right. add a bridge in that changes yeah. it up or something. But... um yeah, I reckon the shorter the better. I love that Adam Sandler special from three or four years ago. Oh, at all the different venues? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that was great. It's amazing. It's so funny and so cool. But his songs are, you know, like 40 seconds long sometimes. Yes. Yeah. I don't think I've got any that short. Yeah. Maybe I've got one that's 45 or 50 seconds. But I'd love that. That would be so good if you could almost treat each song like just a joke. Yeah. Here's one joke. It's going to be 30 seconds long and then it's done. You know, I reckon when, um, when back in, back in the fucking last century, when, mm. when I was in the Bunzel Boys, I reckon that's when our act really kind of took a level up when we could, we found, it, funnily enough, finding a way to do shorter songs was like, was kind of like the next step. You yeah. would have thought you would have started with that, mm. but I think we were trying to. <clears throat> stick to song structure yeah. kind of things. And then uh, having um, really fun for, uh, like if you just have like a, a one joke song parody that you can do for 10 <laughs> seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, look, I'm not saying this is the best thing in the world, but it used to make us laugh. We always used to talk <laughs> about uh, 
when Pearl Jam last toured and Eddie Vedder came over to our house and he wanted to make some toast and then he had to ask us, can't find the butter man. Like, you know, you, it's like seven seconds, you're in and out and then you just keep moving. Like it's almost like you don't <laughs> wait for any response. You just Or we'd, we'd, we had one song that was really good for dropping in um, like an original song, mm. but we could, especially song parodies, we could drop them song parodies into it so the song was always changing mm. um but you know we had a, a chris isaac song that was <laughs> 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 sorry i am just remembering this we had a chris isaac parody uh which was about jeffrey Dahmer, uh <laughs> uh called somebody's frying and uh <laughs> great great uh like it's just it's just not going to fit like, it, it, it's too much to come up with a premise to have an excuse to say it. Yeah. But you just had this this song that had this original song that had, like, three parts that you could... Mm. And then you could just drop in your little dumbass song parody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In the middle, and, and it just kind of made sense. Um, uh, but that's it's good to have a rule, because if you have... If you think, okay, they've got to be less than two minutes, then when you're breaking the rule, mm. there's there's a reason. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think maybe another little unwritten rule was um I don't I don't want like a long chorus that's the same every time you hear it. Yes. But I love it in real songs. I yes. love to have a song with a refrain that you can keep coming back to and sing along to. Yeah. And I love a hook, but I think in a comedy song you may as well give them a different joke every time you're coming back to the chorus. Yes. You know, if it's this is stand up after all. Yes. They don't want repetition in no. that way. Maybe no. melodic repetition is fine, but but yeah, give them a different couple of jokes every yeah. time you're going to the chorus. I just re-listened to Tenacious D's first album because it's, oh, it's yeah. 20 years since that came out. Jesus. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Yeah, no, all right. Maybe I do look my age. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I loved it. I kind of forgot I, how much I used to love those guys too because they they barely do choruses. Yes. They're pretty much just just like joke after joke after joke. Yeah. And there's m- melodies that re- recur. Yeah. But pretty much it's just a bunch of verses that are all funny. Mate. Have you ever seen them live? <laughs> Never. I, I saw them. To. I saw them live after, like it must have been, eight, I can't remember. Maybe six months, a year after that album dropped, mm. and it is honestly one of the funniest things I've ever seen. the <laughs> The ongoing joke of there would be times where Jack Black would take the microphone out of the stand and he'd swing his arm around, the mic stand would go flying and someone would have to come out and put it up <laughs> for him. And every time he did it, every time he took the mic out. Everyone I was with would be like, oh, here he goes. And he'd knock it over and some poor stage manager would come out and put it up. And then right towards the end, this this probably loses in the translation, but he knocked it down <laughs> and the stage hand came out and put it up. And just as the stage hand walked off, he'd knocked it over again. So the stage hand came straight back out, never changed expression, just kind of put it up and then just walked <laughs> off again. Like it was, it, it's such a small thing, but it's like this guy... This guy gets exactly what he's parodying. <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. It's insane how good his voice is too. Uh, uh, that's yeah. another thing I sort of forget is that he's genuinely a fantastic singer. <laughs> it's the uh, 
uh, it was the big revelation at the end of High Fidelity. Yeah, God, I love High Fidelity. Because John Cusack's character, um, I, I know a few people have watched it now and said, God, this guy's awful. And you go, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the point. That's the point. Mm-hmm. He's awful. Yeah. Um, and he's so <laughs> dismissive of his character. And yeah. then when, when he sings at the end and everyone's like, oh, shit. Yeah. He's actually singing like Marvin Gaye. It did kind of make me think, because uh, I, I love High Fidelity and I love yeah. School of Rock. Yes. Why aren't there more movies where Jack Black is singing? Every now and then he'll do a little something. Yeah. But he's never playing a musician or a, yeah. anything like that. And it's one of his greatest skills is that the guy can sing. You know what he should be doing. Here we go. Here we go. When we take over Disney. Yeah. Because yeah. we're 30 years younger than everyone else. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, in your case, 54. Um, the uh, A retelling of um, Cyrano de Bergerac, but with music. Wow. And it's Jack Black, who is the, hmm. the beautiful singer-songwriter who's yep. helping the... The dumbass, handsome guy. Yeah, that's great. The He's the one who can do the seducing with the singing and the yeah. poetic language. Yeah. And then we get some hunk. Yeah. Some Who's very good hunk. at miming. Yeah. He, who that's doesn't want to see a scene? Such a left left field idea. I like it. Mate, um, who doesn't want to see a scene where they've... He's trying to sing... The, the good-looking guy's trying to sing to the <laughs> woman in the balcony and Jack Black is desperately trying to set up his keyboard and a <laughs> and, and little portable sound system and trying to set up his battery. Great idea. Lots of slapstick. <laughs> you know, the battery's running out, the guy's voice is... <laughs> quickly having to plug it into the, the backup generator. <laughs> Who doesn't want to see that? We should maybe be managing other artists' careers. Maybe we should. I do think about that sometimes. Yeah. I, think I, I know exactly what I would do with that person. Yeah. And how to make their legacy last forever. Yeah. Mm. Do you reckon Jack Black's listening? JB, if you're out there <laughs> and you're listening. <laughs> if anyone's friends with him, let yeah. him know we've come up with a rocking idea. Oh, my God. So, I'm speaking of friends with him. I'm friends with Ben Lee, the singer-songwriter. Yes. Amazing musician. Yes. And I... Uh, when, when I saw Tenacious D were touring Australia, I sent, I was talking to Ben Lee at the time and I said to him, Hey, I saw Tenacious D coming out. Um, I'd love to open for them. And then Ben Lee wrote back to me and said, I'll message Jack now. And I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> right. right. Wow. <laughs> okay. So you just have Jack's number and you can yeah. just text him and say, Hey, my friend should open for you. Look, I, so, by the way, haven't heard back. No, no, no. So probably not going to happen. But but you threw it out it's, there. It's crazy. You, you, how can you how can you have a bit of luck go your way if you don't put it out there? I know it's just crazy that he even has his number. But um, well, you yeah. know, when are they touring? July. Well, this gives us a good few months to write up a synopsis mm. and um, yeah for Cyrano. Well, we can well we can call it Roxanne, and we can have him singing Roxanne. That's true. Was the you the Steve the Martin one was Roxanne? Yeah, but he'll have to change the lyrics. Yeah, this is Roxanne. The Maybe he's yeah. Uh, oh, name's Roxanne. He starts doing that. No, we can't do that, mate. Have you listened to the lyrics? <laughs> so it's a song parody of. Ro- he makes Roxanne palatable. <laughs> All right, let's do it. All right, we'll maybe make a ten-page treatment. I can't. It's it's an exciting moment when you realise that you, you've just become millionaires. Like not know. not right oh now, God. but the idea. Yeah. Oh, here, here it is. And you're all listening to it. So uh, you're welcome, everyone yep. who's listening to it. You can say, oh, yeah, I heard it when they first came up we with the We were there idea. when they came up with the, <laughs> well, the Cyrano de Bergerac musical starring Jack Black <laughs> and Zac Efron, probably. Why not? <laughs> He's handsome. 
I don't know. Like, let's let's fucking aim for the stars. Let's yeah, get yeah. um let's get Timothy Chalamet playing like like docile. <laughs> yeah, He's got a good yeah. sense of humour. Or Austin Butler. Yeah. Oh, Austin, Austin Butler. Butler would be great. Jesus He'd shit. Be great. Because he knows how to mime. Yep. Knows how to mime. Just have him playing this really sweet guy who's a bit of a dimwit. Love it. But he doesn't know how to win over this woman. I still, by the Z- way, I Zendaya? still haven't seen. Yeah, it'll be Zendaya. Yeah, Let's just get the whole too. cast of Dune in here. If Absolutely. We can. Get Josh Brolin. Yeah, and Javier let's ask Dean Villeneuve to <laughs> direct it in IMAX. It'll be the first comedy musical at IMAX. <laughs> oh, God. Um, have you ever written uh, a great tune, mm. added really funny lyrics to it, and then at some point been furious? That you've ruined what could have been a great pop song. No, I think I always assume that they're all great pop songs. Oh, in right, a way. great. Yeah. But I have definitely written a, a really catchy, really good pop song. And then I made the lyrics funny. And I thought, this is going to be a fucking hit. Every yeah. audience is going to love this. And yeah. it just got nothing. Oh, no. And I couldn't, I couldn't understand why. It's devastating. And then I think I thought about it later and I went, it's just, it was. Too good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what the answer was. It was just too good because yeah. there was too much going on. Mate. People were listening to a great song, but they were also having to concentrate on these fucking dumb oh, lyrics. Mate, about- it's a fucking disaster. You know what you did <laughs> is you, you brought a $40 cheese along to a five year old's birthday exactly. party. Exactly. The kid's palate's not fucking ready for it. Exactly. I think I think my big lesson was sim- simplify, simplify. Yes. Anytime you think this is great, I'm doing all these cool things, intricate things, melodically, it's moving here and there. There's too much going on. You need to just strip it back. What? Keep keep the audience like get, just feed them custard. That's kind of what they want a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then sprinkle cinnamon or chocolate or whatever on top of that. The, a, a, a way that you could do something intricate is the the point of the song is. You keep doing intricate. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Things, but the, you, you know that nobody wants it. Yeah, like that, that, yeah, Do you know yeah. what I mean? That's like, true. If you make that the point of it. Yeah. Like, which is what Tenacious D do quite a bit. They'll go... Yeah big on the like vocal gymnastics yeah. or guitar solos when it's just a song about um like fucking farting or whatever yeah fighting a bear or yeah. something it's totally unnecessary <laughs> and that's the joke yeah but yeah i think that's uh yeah it's it's a funny thing i talked about this with a few other comics that play music in their set and 
Uh, do you have a do, do you have a secret Facebook group? <laughs> no. Nobody understands this Facebook <laughs> group. Uh, bombing with an instrument is especially hard. Right. I, I always think about it with the people who play keyboard because oh it God. takes so long to take it off. I know, and they had to come in early and plug it in yeah. and test it out. Make sure that the DI was there yeah. and there, yeah. there's a boom mic so oh, they can sing over God. the top and and you lose the energy. In, on a bad comedy night, it takes ages to set up oh, and you lose worst. whatever energy you have and then if it doesn't go well, you, you've then got to <laughs> pick up a massive heavy thing and walk off. <laughs> I did. I played a music festival on the weekend in Tasmania. Oh, did you? Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, there's this festival down there called Party in the Paddock. Yeah. And they do a little comedy stage. Like there's yep. an arty tent that has smaller acts in it. Yeah. And they put comedy in there at like two o'clock in the afternoon. I've oh, done great. a bunch of uh, music festival comedy tents yep. in the past. I've done so many. I'm sure I'll do many more. I reckon this was the best one I've ever done. I had to do a half hour set and there were two other comics, two great comics, Ben Hunter and Alex Hudson, on before me doing 15 minutes each. And then I did half an hour. I was so nervous, but it was the it was a blast. I don't know. I can't explain. I I think I played more songs than I normally would, and right. it was all under the context of this is a music festival, so I'm playing music. I was I kind of framed almost my whole set like yeah, I'm headlining party in the paddock. Yeah, this is my dream has been to play music festivals. Yeah, and I'm just gonna fucking go for it here and play all my songs. Yeah, I think I did five songs in half an hour with bits in between, and I mainly was leaving my guitar on and like noodling while I was doing the jokes. Oh and yeah, it was, great. It felt awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually felt like, wow, this is... Maybe I should be doing more of this. Just... Like, maybe. Mucking around and... Maybe. Yeah, telling the jokes and stories while I'm sort of playing some pretty chords underneath it. And well, you know, one of the great things about where your career is at is... You know, I think there was uh, uh, an evolutionary step in your presentation of how you together a show in your last show sure yeah and with maybe, your help oh yeah but it's the but maybe this is the next step like mm. you know because this uh your new show feels like a very smart consolidation of what you learned from the previous show do you know what i mean it's yeah. like uh if, if you are here you go here's a good metaphor for you <laughs> if your last show was kid a this is amnesiac oh that's fantastic there you go that's good that's good <laughs> if your last show was low this is heroes like <laughs> you know the berlin trilogy mate i'm a i'm a, I'm a big believer in if you're going to make a metaphor always make sure that you or the person you're talking about is an absolute star in it i, sh- I yeah, always talk about oh, i said a party i felt like tom york at the grammys and it's like yeah i'm comparing myself to tom york <laughs> <laughs> But um, uh, so maybe that will be the next step. The uh, the new show. Uh, how how are we talking about it? Because because I know it back to front. Mm. Uh, I'll let you, you know describe it because I'm not sure. Secrets. Yes. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I've been finding that hard to figure out how to talk about it because obviously the way I see the show and probably the way you see it because yep. you've helped me out with it and, and watched it. Um, is different to how I'm probably going to have to talk about it to to people because I don't yeah. want to spoil what it's really about. Yeah. But I still – I think that I still keep saying, you know, it's almost my boogie nights. It's yes. um, <laughs> it's about me, yeah. me as a young man in 2009 getting a job at a dinner theatre restaurant and 
climbing the ranks within that. Yeah. And learning lessons along the way. Yeah. And I think that's still, that was the original idea was yeah. let's do Boogie Nights, but it's about my time at the theatre restaurant. Yeah. And uh, the my ego grows. Yeah. And there's lots of music and then I have to learn a, a valuable lesson. And yeah. I think my lesson that I learn is different to the one Dirk Diggler learns. Absolutely. In Boogie Nights. Yeah. And, um, and uh, he's got a... A larger penis than me as well. Mate, there's yeah. anyone who's hoping to come along and see Cameron James reveal a fucking monster <laughs> cock is going to be disappointed. Although, at the, in the current iteration, the song, the whole show does end with a dick joke. So That is true. Yeah, so it's not that dissimilar in a oh, way. Oh, and it's the biggest song of the show. <laughs> that's true, that's true. It's the longest song of the yeah, show. Okay, well. so metaphorically. Yeah, <laughs> metaphorical. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, that's kind of what I've been thinking of it as. And I just... I love those sorts of movies like mm. um, Boogie Nights and Magic Mike and stuff where mm. it's um, usually about someone getting swept up in a world that's larger than them and it's crazy and it's exciting and intoxicating and they lose themselves a little bit mm. and then they have to find themselves again. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what the show is. Great. I'm glad you suggested that because it's... Yeah, it's it's because it has layers to it that mm. get revealed as the show moves along. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's a perfect summation. Uh, yeah, it's been I've been unsure of whether I should talk about the other stuff. Like, is that even is is it best being a surprise? What do you think? You know, it like like the movies that you've talked about. Mm. There's there's lessons learned. There's mistakes made. Mm. There's uh, moments of romance that go mm. pear shaped. Yeah, you know you can say that. Yeah, I think, yeah. You know, uh, it's a, it's a pretty, uh, it's a, it's an easy show to follow. There's a simple through line that's very definitive, uh, and but if you're paying attention, it has lots of layers that you, uh, audiences get more out of. But you can also just sit there and laugh, and then yeah, and then things are revealed at the end that you can go, oh. Yeah, absolutely. The, the the night that I saw it, it uh, there was definitely people locked in who were across everything, mm. and there were a few people there who were just laughing, and then yeah, and like then by the end they go, oh, literally the noise in front of uh, <laughs> us was was a, a couple doing that, you know. So yeah, that's nice. It is that's very great. nice. I've I've found because I just did Perth. I did five nights in Perth, and uh, it's been fun watching audiences that don't know me at all and haven't really listened to me and podcasts talking about my personal life. Yeah. Hearing them uh, realise the thing, you know, realising what's happening when it's all Mm. coming together at the end is really sweet. And um, I think I had this realisation where I kind of thought, wow, I've made something uh, as close to a rom-com in a way that I could ever possibly yeah, make, I think. Yeah. 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 In a strange way. Yeah, you know, I, I set out to do Boogie Nights and it ended up having a slight more rom-com element to it, but that's nice. Uh, yeah. You know, like it's, um, it's probably a word that we don't associate with comedy or want to associate with comedy, but it's sweet. Mm, yeah. You know? Yeah. But it, it, once again, it has so many different uh, uh, flavors all the way through it. Yeah. That it's it's not saccharine. It's mm. just it, there, there's a sweetness to it all the way through. Uh, 
the one of the things that I love about the presentation of the show is with the songs you have the videos that you've made mm. and the lyrics going up that yeah. I now I haven't seen that before. Me neither. Yeah, so <laughs> let's fucking claim this one for you. Yeah. The, the, uh, the clips are great. Yeah. Like I think they're great. Like the 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 I won't mention the song, but the one with all the cars. The first one. Yeah, yeah, yeah is yeah. just, there's a repetition to it that is just kind of perfect, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I just kept thinking about karaoke videos. Yes. And when you go to a karaoke yes. night and there's stock footage Mate. with lyrics and oh. it, they sort of, the stock footage sort of makes sense to the song, but it's oh, just no, a bit weird. Mate, my favourite one <laughs> back in the day was there was a place that uh, we used to do karaoke and it was... Tears in Heaven, yeah, and it was <laughs> random footage of a hot lady with a camel in the desert. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. And none of us wanted to sing the song, so none of us would pick it. But any time it'd come up, we'd go, "Here comes a lady, Tears in Heaven." She must be so sad because she's so hot. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Yeah, I, I downloaded. Uh, I went through a bit of a phase a little while ago of downloading from youtube bizarre karaoke videos yeah and there was one that i loved it was um power of love by huey lewis and the news yeah and the video it must be in europe somewhere it looks like a european city like amsterdam it's just two guys constantly running into each other on the street and giving each other big hugs and shaking each other's hands and then partying again. And then the next scene is them running into each other again at a cafe, doing a big hug and shaking hands. It sort of makes a little bit of sense. Sure. It's like, oh, they these guys love each other or something. Yeah, they're really good it's, friends. It's powerful. Yeah, it's, yeah. Th- that's the power of love. You know, uh, if anyone makes karaoke videos out there, um, Becky Lucas. Mm. Becky, look... Uh, you know, I've been friends with Becky for a long time, mm. and uh, but something has happened where, you know, she's uh, about to become a mum, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm getting older, and I think both of us are becoming soft in our old age, and we send clips of like <laughs> men doing good things and like at sporting events and being uh, overwhelmed yeah. with emotion. And she <laughs> sent me a clip the other day that I was just like, oh, I, I don't know if I can cope with this, and it was <laughs> uh, a family taking their son on a cruise hmm. but but they hadn't told their son that his best friend and their family was coming on the cruise oh with them and God. they and the the other family hadn't told their son and they <laughs> filmed the moment when these two best friends realized they were going to be on a cruise <laughs> together and they're, they're these little chubby kids who kind of look at each other and like the joy of <laughs> the person that they love is going to be with them and then there's all these family snaps oh that's so anyway cute. add that if you make karaoke I love find that, that add that to the power of love yeah of course <laughs> add that in there that's perfect <laughs> but that was the i think that was the original intention behind those little videos uh, i uh they're so funny i love well. karaoke videos i love the lyrics being on the screen and i thought if i've got these songs yes I may as well do something fun with that and yes. make it a little bit of a karaoke no, it's, event. It's great, but also <laughs> it just like it helps land the jokes. Mm. Like it's such a smart move, and also, uh, like I, I'm going to speak obliquely because I don't want to give it away. But the, the that that specific first yeah, video, that song, yeah, the, the the clip's really funny because yeah. of what you're singing. Yeah, yeah, it's nothing, true. Like, it's a complete 
<laughs> contrast to, to yeah. the song to the realities of the song yeah, yeah that's so true. so if you if you kind of once again that's what i mean about the show being heavily textured that yeah, you, you could pepper jokes could, in there you could just look and go oh, there's a video yeah and you could oh look there's the lyrics but if you if you pay attention to the clip while you're singing yeah it's really funny yeah i think it's uh yeah it's fun it's been fun to do that it's cool to just sort of get as many jokes in as you can yeah. to um distract from the fact that people are watching a narrative because I kind of almost want people to not realise that they're watching a narrative yeah. until the end. Yeah. And then they kind of go, oh, wow, that was all related. So you may as well go, hey, here's some funny videos, there's some songs, there's yeah. some, you can watch the lyrics. Yeah. Yeah, it's been fun. It's been really fun doing it. I can't wait to do it in Adelaide and Melbourne and everywhere. I'm like, yeah, very excited about it. I'm having a blast. Also, because... You know, the last show was all about how I wished I was a musician, yeah. basically. Yeah. And this show, I'm like, well, fuck, I'm a musician. I'm yeah. doing it. I'm yeah. going to be a musician now. Yeah. Do you ever, do you ever think you'll... Uh, I think that, by the way, I think this show is a step up and last show was great. Oh, but I wow. think there's, there's a new there's a newfound um, confidence, not necessarily... Like, you, you're, the confidence as a performer is the same, but it's there's a confidence in approach. Oh wow! Knowing what you can do, and I think that's uh, it's really invigorating to see, like oh, you thanks, know, man. Uh, all the comedians who um, were at your trial show, which was a <laughs> for a trial show was a show. Let's be honest, so it was pretty big for a trial show. Yeah, it was bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> like trial shows are meant to be like eleven people. That's what I thought. Yeah, was happening. And suddenly yeah. it's like a full audience <laughs> and that. Yeah, uh, but uh, everyone was kind of commenting on that and. Uh, I, I I think we talked on the night, but I brought a friend along who I deliberately did not tell her anything about it other mm. than she knows you and she likes you. Yeah. So yeah. so she had no idea what was about to be mm. uh, presented, and uh, she picked up on everything. Yeah, that's which good. was great. That's cool. Um, before we get into uh, well, anyway, <laughs> I just, you just look at the time. Yeah, yeah, and it's. Um, <laughs> Uh, th- when I spoke to you on the on the phone, I said, "Look, let's uh, let's aim for half an hour. So then, when we hit the forty five minute mark, we'll come in at a nice hour." And uh, <laughs> yep, we're coming up to an hour. Um, so, just a couple of quick questions before we plug where we can see the show. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, what's would would you release serious songs? No, I don't think so. No. I, I love it when other people do it, like uh, Brett. From Flight of the Concords has a album out that's mostly not funny. Right. Um, Tim Heidecker from Tim and Eric has put multiple albums out that are kind of becoming more earnest with each one. Right. And I know Tim Minchin is kind of touring a show at the moment that's got a combination of serious songs and comedy songs. Mm. I don't think I ever would. I think. Um, I like the challenge of doing both at the same time, you know what I mean? Like I yeah. like uh, the the reason that I'm enjoying it is because I'm trying to write a funny song that sounds good. Yeah. Um but I don't think I would, but there's funny musos that are like you wouldn't call them comedy musicians, like Randy Newman for example, oh, Tom Waits. They might be giants. You know, yeah. like it's um I remember Elvis Costello, ho- ho- oh, Elvis Costello, yeah, very funny great. in a song. Yeah, uh, but Elvis Costello hosting Rage said that he thought they might be giants if they. He wasn't saying this as a 
as a criticism. He, mm. But he was saying their songs are so catchy and so poppy and so perfect. And, you know, if, if they were singing about something a little bit blander, mm. they'd probably be... Yeah, massive, yeah. but instead there's singing about Doctor Worm. Oh yeah, and, and <laughs> you know, and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's the it's the the pitfalls of being a comedian is at some point you want to stretch your yeah yourself and and write something serious, and then but how many rock stars do we see who in try between songs up. try to do ten minutes of stand up? <laughs> I know. But it's you're always going to want to try and do you know do what's funny though? There. Like he's not a great example of a man these days, but because he's said some quite controversial things in his time. But um, I saw Morrissey live. Oh yeah, maybe yeah. six or seven years ago. Yeah, and he was basically doing five or six minutes of material between every song. Right, and it was. Killing, killing. It was yeah. so funny. Yeah, it was very difficult to watch because he was just kind of the whole package a little bit. He was so funny, and the songs are great. Regardless of, um, <laughs> regardless of, well, he writes funny songs as well. He does. You know, He's a very funny song. Regardless yeah. of um, uh, some of his views, he's yeah. a clever man. Yeah, he is. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So that does not surprise me. Yeah, and Tom Waits is funny. Um, yeah. Ween. There's so many. I yeah. think it would be. A fun thing maybe in the future to try and do a show that's almost just a music show. Just yeah. back-to-back songs with minimal story. Yeah. I don't think I'm there yet, but I think that would be a fun challenge. And maybe not all songs need to be a laugh every line. You yeah. can just have some songs that are a bit softer and then they build to a laugh. Well, mm. if, you're, if you're doing that, you, you can Mm. You know, like if if like with the with the amount of songs you have in this show, mm. th- they have to all be funny. Yeah, that's true. But yeah. um, if you're doing a show of songs, yeah, then you can yeah once you can again, pace it. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's interesting. Oh, that'd be fun to see. What about um, you know this is this is I'm I'm thinking ten years down the track mm-hmm. now. So say you continued the music side of things. What about soundtracks or stuff like that? Would that oh, be something that would be so good? That'd be good. I'd love to have a like a bit of a dual career where you're yes. sort of a little bit taken seriously as a musician. Like, not, you know, I don't think I ever will be or want to be like just a musician. But yeah. it would be kind of cool to be taken a little seriously as it. Again, I'm using Brett from Fly of the Concords as an example a lot lately, but he wrote or a lot of the songs for the Muppet movie mm. that came out in yeah. whenever that was, yeah, 2012 or 13, 14. Yeah. And fucking won an Oscar for one of those yeah. songs. Yeah. I love that song. I love the songs on that in that movie. It would be really cool to do stuff like that. Yeah. I think that would be great. Be nice to have uh, people go, hey, you know who wrote those songs? Like, be that. Yeah. It'd be nice to be the bit of knowledge that someone gets to have a flex at yeah. parties with. I still feel that way about the song that Brett won the Oscar for. I think, wow, that's that feels just like a, a great musical theatre song, but it's very funny. It's yeah. got a great melody to it. Yeah. It's so Brett in a way. Yeah. It's not, he's not compromising. Yeah. And I love like kind of telling people, hey, you know, Brett uh, won an Oscar for that song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never met those guys, but God, I'd love to. They're so good. They're so good. I met, uh, man, it was so long ago now, you mm. know, when they first came out and we're at the when Melbourne Comedy Festival, Festival. Yeah. yeah, and everyone was like, "What is happening?" <laughs> yeah, did they just blow up really quick? Was yeah. that the deal? Yeah, yeah, they just kind of like I, th- I think the I'd heard that they, from my recollection, 
I remember, uh, I think they'd hit it big in Edinburgh and a few sure. of our friends had performed with them and went, Jesus, like you should see these guys. And then they came to Melbourne. Mm. And uh, I remember we were on a bill at um, Charlie Pickering and Michael Chamberlain's old room mm-hmm. and, and they were just sitting there on stools with, oh, yeah. playing these really gentle, intricate, funny songs without giving up much instead of the bouncing yeah. around you know yeah. everyone uh, and then suddenly it was like oh you can do it this way like yeah. that's kind of what it was yeah absolutely i yeah. think they changed so much um yeah I, what did i watch i've been watching that tyka and reese darby show oh, uh, the, flag means death right yep which got cancelled i think yes. just got cancelled but i'm halfway through the second season it's so great yeah and it's really cool to see how mainstream popular the kiwi sense of humor is now oh yeah i think you can point it all back to the fly of the concords probably their early shows yeah and and taika was part of that as well and reese was obviously it's so interesting to me that 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 those that little crew are now Almost the mainstream voice of comedy in, across the world. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, as soon as Tyco added it, grafted it onto Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, you know, it's suddenly, kind of everywhere. It's everywhere. Uh, do you, um, I haven't watched that yet, but I'm kind of saving. I heard that it, I'd. It was just one I'd never gotten in, onto, mm. uh, and then. Reservation Dogs came to an uh, end. Yeah, that's... Oh, is that done too? Yeah, yeah that's that, next on my list. That, yeah. that comes to a natural conclusion. Okay, like They right. just went, this is where the story ends. And it's like, you know what? I would have loved to have spent another three or four seasons with these characters. Mm. But I felt very satisfied where it, where it landed. It's like, yeah. yep, this is the perfect place for it to come to an end. Uh, what We Do in the Shadows is coming up to its final season. Yeah, I've been watching that too. Which it's is, funny how much of their stuff I've been really yeah. absorbing over the last few years. Yeah, no, I get it. So I'm kind of holding uh, this Flag Means Death as, uh, mm. okay, When once that's done, that, at least I've got that that I can go to. I'm loving it, man. It's, again, it's, you know... It's been a long time since I've seen a, uh, that aesthetic. You know, mm. I, I loved Pirates of the Caribbean when mm. it first came out. And then there was almost Pirate Overkill for yes. a few years. Yes. Uh, and we kind of got sick of it. But the swashbuckling aesthetic is so cool. The yep. actors are doing their best work. I think I think Taika and Reese are doing the performances of their lifetime. Right. I, I really think that they're, there's so much going on with yep. their characters. They're, they're able to be... Dramatic yeah. and hilarious yeah. and incredibly sweet and romantic and funny. And they do action scenes. There's lots of sword fighting. They're doing, I mean, it would be the dream gig to do where you yeah. get to do all those things. You're sort of the leading man, but you're also the comic foil. And, yeah. Um, yeah, it's great. I, and it also, it's a Trojan horse of a show too, where it gets you in by being a pirate show. But yeah. really it's about other stuff. Yeah, it's about a lot more. Um, uh, maybe I won't wait until the end of what we do in the shadows. You've sold it. <laughs> you sold <laughs> it really well. Um, also, uh, so uh, before we finish up, hmm. uh, what's the last album that you listened to? Oh, great question. Let me have a look at my Spotify because um, I've been listening to a fair bit lately. I are you an album guy or a song guy? Uh, album. Yep, album guy. Um, but. The last three things that I've listened to, uh, Jonathan Richman, who's mm-hmm. also funny. Yes. Um, 
from the Modern Lovers and also from his solo career. Anyone who's not familiar with him, if you've seen the film, there's something about Mary. He is the singer, songwriter, narrator of that oh, yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. He I pops up multiple that. times yeah. singing songs that relate to the plot yeah. and some of his originals. Um, yeah, Josh Earl made me a playlist of his favourite Jonathan Richmond songs. So what, a, what a legend. Yeah, so I've been listening to that a lot. Um, Air, mm. the French electronic duo. Yep. Air, I've been listening to Moon Safari a yep. lot. God, that's a good album. It's a damn good album. Yeah. It's uh, a blast. And just something, whenever I'm flying, if I'm on a plane, I largely want to listen to gentle instrumental music so mm-hmm. I can read at the same time and just uh, yes. chill. Yeah. And so Air and Kerrangbin are the two people I've been listening to a lot because it's just very chill, kind of repetitive, borderline lounge music. It's yeah. got a lot of texture to it. And uh, there's a Perth band called Pond okay. that I really like. They're sort of, uh, they would hate hearing this, but I have to say it to give them context. They're sort of uh, in the Tame Impala world. Some of the members of this band play in the Tame Impala live band, the right. touring band. Yeah. Kevin Parker from Tame Impala has produced some of their albums and drummed for them a little bit. Um, and they're kind of psychedelic pop, I suppose, mm. psychedelic pop rock. And I've been, re- I was just in Perth and I was walking around Perth, listening to Pond, wearing a Pond t-shirt, yeah. feeling like this is where I'm supposed to be. Uh, mate, I'm where, in the Pond. I'm in the Pond. Yeah, the Perth <laughs> Pond. Yeah. What about you? Uh, I have uh, been listening to the the latest album by The Smile, yep. which is, uh, we were, uh, Cam and I were talking about that before um, we started recording. And uh, so I listened to the podcast Dissect, mm. host by Cole Kutcher, who uh, uh, dug into uh, Radiohead's In Rainbows, which I had not listened to in years, to be mm. honest. And he, he gave me... I think it's the best podcast I've ever listened to. And it's the first one that's actually, I felt moved. Is it song by song? Song by song. So every episode is one song? Yeah. So he gave, so he gave a history. So he gives a, one episode's a brief history, mm. you know, because uh, there's, you know, he's got listeners who haven't listened to Radiohead. So he gives a, gives a history. Then he yep. goes song by song and he breaks it. To, see, I'm, I'm fascinated by how music works, but I don't have the language for it. And sure. So he explains things in a way where he'll say, you know, uh, he'll, he'll count you in. You know, mm. normally a, a song has a, th- this measure of one, two, three, four, mm. and then he'll explain the bass will come in at two and four, and mm. then he'll kind of count you through and show you the bass coming in at, you know, three, you know, but just for three. And then, yeah. uh, and then he did his interpretation of uh, the lyrics and what the album is essentially attempting to achieve so then the smiles album came out and uh even though it it just kind of feels like it goes quite well within rainbows it feels like it's been Mm. a a good segue from in rainbows into this uh so i've been listening to that i listened to the fred again album volume one which uh, a friend gave to me uh becky's a big fan of fred again really yeah yeah Mm. uh um i'll have to find something of men doing good things and uh, add Fred again to it to <laughs> really send her over the edge. Um, and 
there was something uh, a friend gave it to me for uh, for a specific reason and gave it to me as a vinyl and uh, I hadn't had time to actually listen to it and then over the weekend played it a few times in a row and it it, uh, it was an interesting emotional experience it's like it kind of really takes you through a, a wide range of feelings and then mm. lands you in a in a nice place and uh, I guess the what's the other album uh, oh I've been listening to um, I'm trying to listen to albums you know like properly mm. uh, and specifically albums that I haven't been totally aware of in the past and uh i've been listening to where is it massive attacks oh wow album. wow god damn it yeah i've never really gone in on massive attack there's a few of those sort of bands that i i know songs but yes. I don't, i've never listened to the full thing massive attack and portishead and stuff uh, a uh, little bit blind spots for me protection so mm. uh so funnily enough, I when in the nineties I had um, Blue Lines mm. and I had Porter's Head's Dummy and yep. uh, I had a I had a, a five disc Stackman mm-hmm. stereo great and you and you could you could set up a disc to play for um, for your alarm mm. so I would go to, I, I spent one summer must have been maybe 97, 98, I had one summer where I went to bed listening to Porter's Head's Dummy and I would wake up to Massive Attack's Blue Lights. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah, it was, I mean, it's a great vibe, those sort of... I love that sort yes. of music. Yes. So it's been uh, fun what to kind of get into it? that. Is it like... Is, is it trip hop? Trip hop, yeah. 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 I'm really bad with all of that stuff. It's I a just, genre I, name I never really say out loud, but... No. Yeah, trip hop, it's... Pretty fun. Yeah, yeah. Who else is there? Sia used to play in a band that was sort of in that... Uh, used to sing in oh, a band that was sort of in that band. Yeah, she used to play Sundays in uh, in Adelaide. We'd go and see Sia playing down at the... I think it was the Stag. Was it the Stag? Craig Egan will be listening yeah. to this podcast at some point. Post-Fringe, he'll, he'll get in touch with me. Was it Sia solo or was she with... No, she was, was with Zero a band. Seven or something? Was yeah, I think band? so, yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, it's really cool sounding stuff. Yeah. I I love it. I I should go in harder on that too. I be I may I do that exact same thing that you do where I kind of set myself a project. Yeah. Like I'm going to get into this this yeah. year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This will be the year I do this. Um yeah, I need I haven't got a musical one at the moment. I need a musical project to get into, but I have given myself the task of watching all of the X-Files from oh, start great. to finish. Great. And um, so far, loving it. Where are you up to? Uh, about three quarters of the way through the first season. Oh, um, great. Early days, yeah. So, I, uh, I'm going to mention a writer uh-huh. who I won't even tell you which seasons he turns up in. Mm. Uh, he only writes four episodes. Mm. And I think they're four of the most important episodes of television. Mm-hmm. Because of what he he does, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I won't even tell you what the episodes are. But is, is but the or the writer is Darren Morgan. Darren Morgan. So just keep an eye out for his name. Okay. And they are they are some of the like I even now will go back and watch. You know, mm. what? I feel like watching a Darren Morgan episode. Yeah. Wow. And. Uh, he, they're, they're subversive and they're clever, mm. very funny, 
and um, sometimes quite moving. That's the thing I'm loving about the show so far is that it is hitting all of those tones yeah. for me. It's yeah. funny. It's a bit dark. It's yeah. moving. Yeah. Yeah, it's very fun. Uh, and so far, season one, I, I mean, they're still figuring out what the show is, but yeah. it's funny how you can watch an episode sometimes and within 30 seconds you can go, oh, okay, so this is them doing The Thing. Yes. Or, yeah. This is them doing 2001 A Space Odyssey. Yep. Yeah. This yep. is The Shining. Yeah. Yeah, they're kind of like almost parodying movies a little bit. Yeah, and yeah. And then I, I suppose that drops away as the seasons progress, but yeah, early days you can sort of see directly what the references yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. You'll get Vince Gilligan episodes. That'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah, I've yeah. always known that he wrote on it and he uh, wrote episodes that starred Brian Cranston and yep. stuff. So, it's that'll be pretty fun. The um, Unfortunately, the culture changed. So, when they brought back the X-Files, mm. like, like the, like, I'm, I'm angry at QAnon for a lot of things. Mm. And more important things than this. Mm. But they kind of ruined the X-Files. Yeah, the idea of conspiracies. And yeah. It, it goes straight to the top. That, 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 was, that was a... That wasn't a, you know, voting Republican, mm. you know, Trump thing. It was, it was yeah. a, a small part of life who was, you know, part of society who were... Uh, really worried about things, and then it became this mainstream thing, and then and yeah. then they ruined it. So then, when they bring back the X Files, it's like, well, now now Fox Mulder's awful. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like he's like heaps of white dudes who yeah, think these things, but back then he's the he's the guy that they send down into the bottom of the FBI, throwing yeah, his pencils yeah. up at the at, <laughs> yeah. at the ceiling. You know? Yeah. It's funny. I think there's an episode where. It's um. Oh, anyway, you know what? You, you should discover the X Files and not have me banging on about my thoughts. Mm. But but when you've watched stuff, let me know. Yeah, I will for sure. Maybe um, we should do an X Files episode. That'd maybe, be fun. maybe maybe when you get a few seasons in. I, I'm loving every second of it. Yeah, I, I've, even the episodes that have been a little cheesy. Yeah. Um, or maybe not quite as suspenseful as yeah. others. I'm still just so happy that I'm watching it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I've been watching it after I do shows. So you know, yeah, in great. Perth, I do a show and then come forty-three back minutes to my home, back to my hotel. Yeah, and watch it. In, invariably standalone. Yeah, so you can just watch it and go. Yeah, feel like you've had a good meal. Go to yeah, bed. Totally. And uh, also, can't underestimate the importance of uh, Scully. Oh, Scully's amazing. You know, like mm. like to have uh, that type of character played by you know like. She's uh, Gillian Anderson is beautiful, mm. but she's not Melrose Place. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, like mm. she's she's beautiful in her own right, I and mean, you you just didn't see her on TV. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, they're both pretty fantastic. It's yeah. it's pretty cool. It, it'll be fun to kind of watch them get hotter and hotter as the seasons progress yeah. as well, because at yeah. the moment they're still a little bit dorky. I think. Yeah. Um, uh, Gillian Anderson's 24 in season one and yeah. she's just out of theatre. Yeah. And uh, David Duchovny would be 29 or something like yeah. that. And they're both a little dorky, but even in the press shot on the Disney Plus 
banner for yeah. X-Files. They're, they're way hunkier and yeah. beautiful. So it's going to be funny to watch them just get sexier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, that's it. You know, it's this mainstream television show that everyone's like, oh, what's this? And yeah. then it just got this proper momentum and then, mm. you know, it is. They're, they're, they're kind of dorky leads and then soon you, you know, they're on the cover yeah. in suggestive poses for Rolling Stone. Yeah, that would have happened really quickly too. Huh? Yeah, yeah, it was a proper mania. Because so I, was... I, I remember watching it at the time um, and just bit loving it, but I never watched all of it. Yeah. And I think I maybe only started, you know, later, like yeah. season four or five or yeah, something. Yeah, right, so right. This is, yeah, this is an exciting time for me. It was <laughs> used to record it on the VHS and come home, and uh, you know would record twenty minutes before and twenty minutes after to make mm. sure that you didn't miss any of it because awesome. you could never trust the yeah. station to put it on at the time <laughs> that it was meant to be on. Um, all right, hey, we should finish up, but mm. you're about to you, you finish Perth. Yep. Uh, so, what are the tour dates from here? Oh man, thanks for asking. I'm in Adelaide very soon. From the 27th of February to the 2nd of March mm-hmm. at Rhino Room. That's your stomping ground. Um, beautiful Rhino Room. And I would love people to come to that. I, I haven't played in Adelaide in a long time. Just, I think, COVID and, yeah. and you know, it's been hard to kind of travel around the last couple of years. So, I'm a bit nervous about Adelaide because it's been a while. But I would love it if people would come to those shows. Yep. Um, and then after that, I've got Canberra, Melbourne, Brisbane, Sydney, and Newcastle. So it's a pretty big run. Yeah, with this great. Show. And uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. But I think those early shows, like in Adelaide especially, you'll be seeing. Uh, I think it'll be exciting. It'll be an yeah. exciting energy because yeah. I'm. I'll be still trying to remember it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Far out. And sometimes I'm getting the lyrics wrong. And the real lyrics are behind me on the karaoke video. Damn. <laughs> Damn. I, I did think... Uh, I, you know what? I wanted to ask about that, but if it hadn't been a problem, I didn't want to incept you and put that idea in your <laughs> it's head. It's happened a few times. So it's happened a few times, and now I feel comfortable talking about it. And then people have laughed, and yeah. I've gone, oh, fuck. Yeah. And then I've had to turn around and sing off the screen yeah. for a, a few lines and get back into it. That's all right though, but that's that's why you go and see the live show because yeah. it's it's a it's a it's a living breathing entity, you yeah. know. It's and everyone's involved in it, so <laughs> yeah. that's funny. That's very funny. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, uh, the show's great, and uh, wh- where can people if if you know so they don't have to rewind? Uh, is there what what's your website? I don't have one, but right. you can go to my Instagram, which mm-hmm. is at I am Cameron James. Or livenation.com.au to get tickets. Yeah, and find out when you're going to be there. Uh, The show's great. And I think what's exciting about it is if if the show didn't improve from here, you have a winner, but it's really early and it's just going to get better. So I think, uh, you know, the... It, it, it's it's really exciting to see the way it's moving and uh, coming together and, and it's coalescing in such a quick way uh you know i can't wait to get to see it if i can get down to melbourne or or sydney you well, know thank thank you and thanks for all your help with it too you've been really good at um yeah got pushing me in the right direction mate <laughs> i love it i love it i love sitting around talking about this kind of stuff yeah so. me too all right let's go and uh, get something to eat let's thanks for it. coming and uh talking about everything on the podcast yeah thanks hammer and check out deadpool and wolverine oh mate <laughs> 
when it comes to cinemas. Like, you know, and Jack Black, if you're listening, we're, yeah. <laughs> we're good to go. Fun chat, right? He is a lot of fun to hang out with. He's very good at podcasting. And uh, once again, his show is looking like a winner. Uh, make sure if you want to check out the dates, go to his Instagram page. I am Cameron James and you will be able to find details. But the next stop is the Adelaide Fringe. So he will be there uh, pretty soon, actually. Like uh, in, in roughly two weeks, he'll be opening. I think it might even be exactly two weeks. What's today? The 13th. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 27th. There you go. So uh, go and check him out. The Rhino Room is always a fun venue to see some of the best comedians in the country, but also see some of the comedians that are about to become the best comedians. So I think uh, I think Cameron's in the uh, best comedians section now, and this show will solidify that. So thank you very much for joining me today and listening to this podcast. Uh, I'm about to release the final few chapters of The Ultimate. That is the ongoing long-form story on the Beautiful Tales for the Disenchanted uh, uh, section of this podcast. It's been uh, been recording these uh, chapters since, I think, about October. So I thought we'll, we'll do the last few chapters all as one big finale Thank you to everyone who's been enjoying it. And even more so, a big shout out to the people who have emailed me and said they're going to wait until it's finished and then they're going to they're gonna binge it. And uh, finally, you can catch up. So that will be released this week as well. So once again, uh, The Ultimate, which is... And maybe you haven't uh, heard it yet. So, you know, because you might have looked at the artwork and thought, ah, I I prefer the interviews, etc. But uh, if you're keen, it is a story about a faded rock and roll star in Melbourne who is confronted by a homeless man who tells him that this world is not real and they come from another place and they're in this world to make sure they can solve the multiverse. First written back in 2019, and I thought I'd put it out there and see what you think, and the reaction's been fantastic. Uh, It's been really satisfying. So thank you for listening, and thank you to uh, all the people that have written to me and discussed their theories on what's going on and told me what they've enjoyed and and just expressed uh, how much they've loved it. So thank you. All right, don't forget, Cameron James, Touring Australia, Adelaide, starting the 27th of Feb. Uh, The Ultimate coming out this week, possibly even tomorrow. And I will be back with you next week when we will continue our best ofs. That's right, we will be continuing my slow rollout of my best ofs for 2023. I hope you're well and look after yourself. Until then. Hold up. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.